Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Cross-cultural communication is one of the more critical communication issues in healthcare today, and for good reason. Cross-cultural communication training is helpful to numerous outcomes, and when it's missing, outcomes suffer. In this episode, I'll talk about some common pitfalls when it comes to communicating across difference. We'll look at how they show up, why they matter, and what you can do to avoid them. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. Now we're talking about cross-cultural communication and some common mistakes, so let's jump right into it. Mistake number one, forgetting yourself. Also known as forgetting that your own position is culturally mediated and created. We're all reading situations from a certain perspective, and this is important to remember when we're talking across difference, because our perspectives can become invisible to us. We're so used to them. This is an important starting point, and that's why I'm sharing it with you first. We can all occasionally fall into the trap of thinking that our ways of seeing things are normal or natural or common sense. It's easy to forget that they are culturally influenced and socially situated. For instance, your ideas about how the human body works are built on millennia of research, supported by your education, enriched by your years of experience, and reinforced by your social groups. What can you do instead? Remember where you stand, how you're seeing, and how you got there. Acknowledge to yourself, hey, and maybe to your patient, your own position, and what you tend to take for granted. Then you can spend some energy understanding your patient's position. Mistake number two, gazing at the gap. Otherwise known as maybe spending a little too much time on the differences between your patients and you, or focusing on disadvantages or gaps. You're in trouble if you assume that your patients can meet you where you are, in your culture, or even in the middle. You will do more of the building of the bridge between you and more of the crossing between cultures when it comes to cross-cultural communication. For example, I've written before about an OBGYN who regularly encounters patients who believe they urinate and menstruate from the same place. Is this frustrating to her? You bet. But she doesn't let that get in the way of her patient relationships. She gets to work building the bridge and crossing it. So what can you do instead? Don't fall into the abyss. (laughs) Yes, there are differences between you and your patient sometimes. And sometimes, These differences can feel troublesome. Go ahead and be frustrated or exasperated, then get to work talking across difference. Because cross-cultural communication is crossing 
work. Mistake number three, essentializing. Also known as generalizing, stereotyping, lumping folks together. We never want to think that we do this. We all know that in-group variation is a thing. Still, it might be easier to recognize how common essentializing is when it happens to you. For instance, it's been suggested that medicine is a kind of a culture. Well, if it is, you know it's not a monolithic culture. For example, use of the hashtag what a doctor looks like could be seen as drawing attention to assumptions of a universal norm of male whiteness in medicine. It's not always fun when someone makes assumptions about you or about the social or cultural groups you belong to, however well-intentioned they might be. What can you do instead? One-size-fits-all solutions are seductive but misleading when it comes to human communication. Don't put pressure on yourself to have it all figured out about a group. Ask some good questions. It's a good idea not to assume that your guesses about the patient's life and values are correct. Mistake number four, feeling pressured to get it right. Otherwise known as feeling you need to figure it out or ignoring your audience or designing at the whiteboard. Don't put pressure on yourself to hypothesize or guess about your patient's viewpoint, priorities, and thoughts so you can say whatever you need to say right. What can you do instead? Stay curious. When it comes to communicating across cultures, we don't get it right or arrive somehow or ever know it all. It's a process. Involve your patients and patient representatives in developing communication guidelines for yourself or your practice or your organization. I have links in the show notes to an example of one study team who did just that. If you're on a large-scale project, reach out to your patient advisory board. In your own practice, ask patients about their viewpoint, their priorities, even their language use. Don't guess at them. Just ask. Mistake number five. Mm, closing the door. Otherwise known as leaving out your colleagues. Sure, your patient communication usually happens when you're the only one in the room with the patient. So in a very real sense, cross-cultural communication is often hidden from view. One surefire way to lose your groove is to talk to exactly no one about how difficult this work can be. What can you do instead? Reach out to some colleagues who are also interested in cross-cultural communication, even just one. I have links to an example of a team who did this in the show notes. Consider joining, or starting, a community of practice with some like-minded colleagues, maybe even some smart people across campus or outside your institution. Mistake number six, being a lone ranger also known as flying solo, or being the only group or department involved in cross-cultural communication. 
Now, cross-cultural communication is no joke, and it merits support. If you're an educator, you're preparing and supporting others to do some delicate and sometimes difficult bridge building. This means you have to do everything I've already been talking about, and then teach others to do it. Yikes! (laughs) What you can do instead? Get some institutional support. I have links to a study that does this, and maybe you can use this to make an argument at your institution. Take advantages of resources, like some of the ones on this site, and contact me. I'd love to help. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.